This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of First Time Dads. My name is Richard Innes. And my name is Steve Mole. And this week we've got uh, award-winning children's author and illustrator Rob Bidoff with us, whose books um, are read in uh, at least 15 countries. And um, yeah, Rob, thanks for thanks for coming. Thanks for Author having me. of Rob, we were just uh, saying. Author of um, Blown Away, uh, a book called Grr. I never know how to say that properly, but Grr. Like it's about a bear. bear. It's about a bear. Uh, Odd Dog Out. Um, and another one called Sunk, which is about a pirate penguin. Of course it is. Yeah. And uh, one called Kevin, yeah. which we've got high hopes for. And my latest book, which is just about to come out, is uh, the first in a series called... Um, the series is called Dinosaur Juniors, all about a bunch of little preschool dinosaurs. Nice. And, uh, and the first book is called Happy Hatch Day. Great. Introducing the characters. Great. So it'd be and safe, Rob, to say that you are an accomplished author and illustrator. Should we say um, that? I'm doing pretty well. I'm relatively new to it still. I mean, I was... Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but I was uh, I worked at The Observer for mm. 10 years. I was art director on the magazine over there, and I worked for the NME. And, you know, I did what mm. you guys basically do for t- 20 years. And... Um, yeah, so I've been doing this now for only you know four years, something like that. So I have had a very, I've had a bit of a charmed life thus far with the picture book world because it's, you know, I'm I'm, I'm realise how inspiration lucky I am. for Steve and I. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what what, might, what we might become? Come up with some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> You're also dad of three. Three girls, yeah. Blimey. Dad of three. Tell us, tell us their ages and. Uh, so my youngest is called Poppy. She's nine. And I have Kitty, who is now I've got to get this right. She is twelve. They were all having birthdays around this this time, so I've kind of like I'm always <laughs> getting it wrong. But she's twelve, and then Ella is my oldest, and she's twenty. Blimey, twenty, blimey. That's yeah. quite a gap, isn't it? That's quite a gap. Well, Ella's actually my stepdaughter, right? But I've been around since she was about two, something like that. So I, you know, I've been with with her mum for a long time. So I've kind of, yeah. I mean, she's she's got a good relationship with her mm. real father, but I do consider myself. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a gap. Time, yeah. It's quite a gap. But actually, the gap was good because she can, she could when we were, when I was sort of back in the thick of it, like you guys are in right now. Mm. You know, she was quite actually quite a big help. You know, I she bet. Sort of do little bits and pieces around. And we were speaking before we started recording, Rob and I, about how you forget um, how tough or a challenging, tough, whatever it is, um, being a father to a, a, a young child. I mean, do you remember? Do you, do do you know what you do forget you forget really quickly it's quite bizarre you guys need to really hang on to these moments and yeah. really try and remember them as best you can I was talking to my wife the other day there was a time when I could you know change a nappy with one hand while you know stirring the cooking pot you probably shouldn't do that in the kitchen but I could do it one I could do it with my eyes closed and now if I had to change a nappy my sister's got young young much younger kids uh, sort of a little bit older than yours I think sort of two three something like that yeah. um, but there's nappy changing that goes on so at Christmas she said to me would you mind do you mind and I was like sort of that sort of panic yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. will I remember how to, but of course you, so it's you not do like, it you it's not like riding a bike it's, I don't think it is lots of things go I mean you, if I look at pictures of my kids oh, yeah. now when they were much younger 
I sort of can't remember them look, looking like that. It's you know, what, I had this conversation with my wife just yesterday uh, because it's my son's first birthday this week. Happy birthday, Ben. I don't know why I'm saying that. You're not listening. And you, you probably never listen to this. But anyway. He probably will, actually. Yeah, God, yeah. Don't, let's not, actually, let's not open that door. <laughs> my God, there's a horrible thought. Anyway, so... Um, he's, we love he's, you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> he's now one. And, of course, as you do when you want... You know, my wife was rather emotional about being his first birthday, which is entirely understandable. I was less emotional, which then I felt bad about, because why am I not getting emotional? It's like his first birthday. This probably should be big. Anyway, yeah, dad guilt. Yeah. Yeah. It's my, it's my, it's my go-to card, dad guilt. Anyway, uh, we, but we were sort of reminiscing about, you know, kind of when he was born and all the, all the things you do. You talk about, you know, all the, all the amazing stuff over the first year. And actually, Lindsay, my wife, was talking about, oh, do you remember when he did this and when he did that? And I'm thinking... I'm already forgetting stuff. You know, so she was talking about, oh, yeah, when we first when we first started putting him to bed before us, you know, like when he was like a couple of months old, or yeah. like, we started putting him down at nine o'clock and, he was there and we, we were able to watch stuff. And I'm thinking, I actually don't remember this. Like, so, and it, it made me realise that there's so much happens that you can't physically yeah, keep true. it all in your brain, can you? There's no, there's no space. It's totally true. It's totally It's true. terrifying. He's one year old and I've already forgotten part of his <laughs> life. That's awful. But, um, but so much happens as they get older that makes the moment that you're in with them the bit that you enjoy yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. seem to matter that you don't remember the previous stuff because I'm like in the process where I'm starting to be able to have conversations with Jackson and that's obviously the best bit yes. but I'm sure yeah. something will happen in the future which will be the best bit yeah. um, I suppose you have to live in the present that's the, yeah. that's the whole thing isn't it Yeah. but I think you're right there in terms of the communication thing and I think this is kind of what we were hoping you might be able to give us some insight on Rob because Steve, as you say, you're able to hold a conversation with Jackson now. Ben is just getting to that point. He doesn't really have any words as of yet, but you're just getting to that point where we're recognising certain noises and things yeah. he says, and when he points at a book, he makes a certain noise. Yeah. When he points at the cat, he makes a certain noise. So you're just starting to get to that point where there is an, an, a possibility of communication, yeah. which I feel, and it feels like a weight off the shoulders a little bit, where you can actually have a back it and definitely, forth. definitely is. There's a real relief there, isn't it, when that happens. I was, we were saying just before, you know, I remember those days of coming home from work and there being new words and yeah. it's like a really magical thing isn't it and the knob and you sort of tell I mean I don't know about you guys but I was the first one of my kind of peer group of friends to become a dad right? mm. and so there was no there was sort of there wasn't any sort of dad fatigue there and so I would tell <laughs> I'd go to the pub and I would or go to the Arsenal game whatever it yeah. was and I would tell I would say to people oh this happened today and they were genuinely interested yeah. yes. and then I sort of felt so my brother had kids you know sort of oh, hang on maybe five years after I did by that point, we were like, yeah, whatever, whatever mate. Yeah, we've all done that. Come on, we've, <laughs> yeah, we've yeah, kind of been there and done that. We've all been there. But yeah, I would bore people endlessly with every I'm little minute very detail. dull, yeah. Is I'm very dull, but the problem is, unlike you, I think I do have a lot of people around me, whether it be brothers oh, really? or, or friends who've all got kids. And there is an element of, you can see people nodding along of like... Yep, yep, yep. Because they know you want to bore them with it, but yeah. I can also see you're not really interested because you've yeah, been there and done, done this. It. But I'm so, going to keep talking anyway. Yeah, 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 it's a bit yeah. like the podcast. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, keep talking. Yeah, anyway. yeah, see, I just focus on like <laughs> the uh, younger female members of staff in our office who are what constantly want updates on what Jackson's oh, up yeah. to. Because oh, yeah. they're like you know in their mid twenties. Yes. And so they're like, so show me a picture. So what's yeah. he been doing? You know, I bought him some skinny jeans from Zara. Like, take a picture of him in the skinny yeah. jeans. I want to see him in the skinny jeans. And it, it's a nice, That's it's great. nice to have that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but going, sort of heading back towards our, our discussion about communication, Jackson, my son, loves Odd Dog Out, mm-hmm. and he also likes Gurra. They're the two books that, that, yeah. that we, we, we've got of yours. And for those of people that don't know, there's a story in Odd Dog Out, which is broadly speaking, a uh, a dog that thinks that she doesn't fit in, mm-hmm. goes somewhere where she does fit in, and then realises in going there that it's actually 
it's important to be who you are and not you shouldn't have to fit in you should just be exactly who you are so there's a there's a message there which is very relevant I guess to to kids who are going to go through or and even adults to be honest with you Mm, Um, did you do, do you did you come to that story through observing kids, yeah. adults, and how? how yeah. One of my my daughter, I think it was my middle daughter, Kitty, might be Poppy, but they, there was an issue at school with a lunchbox. Now she didn't have the same lunchbox as two or three of her other friends, yeah. and she and she felt genuinely left out. There was some I don't know whether there was any sort of tea. I mean, she was literally four or five years mm. old at this point. I don't know if there's any teasing going on, but I said to her, "Look, it doesn't. You don't need to just be the same as everybody else. Have the same thing as everybody else. You know, bring in another lunchbox that maybe then that's the one that they will like to kind of look at." And I sort of suddenly went, "Ding!" I had a I had a bit of a sort of a mild obsession with sausage. The books about sausage dogs. I had a bit of a mild <laughs> obsession <laughs> with you sausage, got a sausage dog. dog. No, but but watch this space because yeah. we are being lobbied very hard for a sausage dog. <laughs> I think before the year is out, we will have a sausage dog, Brilliant. and it will be a working dog. Dog, it will come with me to events. I'll dress it up oh, like a book. Like you know, oh, right, right off as a tax expense. Exactly. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, well, it's key. It's got to So yeah, so that that's what happened. I had this sort of sausage dog idea. I didn't know. I knew sausage dogs mm. were very popular with kids, and I thought that I had a little character I'd drawn. I thought this is a great, mm. this is a great character for a kids' book. Ah, that's how I do it. I have a world that's entirely populated mm. by these sausage dogs. Everybody looks exactly the same, apart from one dog, the odd dog out. Mm. The title came very quickly, and yeah, and then, then so I decided, yeah, that's that was. This it's story. a lovely message. Did did. Because obviously, how many books had you written before you got to Odd Dog That Out? was my third book. Your third I'd book. I'd written more than that. So did the... Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> knowing, knowing the process. Yes. Did, um, did your daughters... Was it your daughters that kind of pushed you inadvertently into this? Because obviously, it's quite a leap from what you were doing. Into the whole picture into, book. Into the picture book. Uh, yeah, yeah, in a way, it was. What happened was, my when Kitty was... Um, uh, we, re- we, read, we read bedtime stories, um, like, religiously to Ella. I mean, I... What you still, uh, when I when when I was a kid or when we were well, really well, t- but both actually yeah. uh, my favourites were well obviously the tiger who came to tea yeah, it's right up there um, dog do you know Dogger by Shirley Hughes uh, I know the I don't know you that need one, to no. look that one up okay. it's a brilliant story I read it when I was a kid and okay. consequently you sort of buy the, some of the books didn't you yeah of course when I was a kid um, but my absolute favourite children's text uh, picture book text ever is uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas yep. by Doctor's Use I absolutely we got that. love it right. we got that one yeah. uh, the reason I loved it was because it was the f- most fun to read at bedtime to the girls you know, rhyming stories. I just find them. You know, yeah. they remember. They can finish even before they can read. They finish the lines off because mm. they sort of find it easier to remember that kind of rhyming text. And it's really funny. I sort of saw potential for like having a bit of fun mm. for the parents as well as the children because you've got to remember, picture books have got to appeal to the parent almost as much as the kids. Yeah. You oh, guys God, know yeah. how many yeah, times yeah. you're reading these books yeah. again yeah. and Same again. books over and over, over, and, over and, I, so. and I do find myself being almost quite oh. selfish sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ben, let's read this one. Yeah. And I can, and sometimes, he's almost grabbing at the books. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. want that one, I want yeah. that one. I'm thinking, no, no, we're doing yeah, this Exactly, one. they pick one off the shelf. <laughs> this is the one we're doing. Not that one, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so what I do in my books is you, you sort of have to make them from a visual point of view appealing to, you know, mum or dad standing in waterstones you know looking at a book that they they're going to be proud to take to the till you know and pay for it has to be cool to a certain extent you have to sort of hit that mark i think um but equally the kids have to 
request the book again and again, night after night. Mm. And the adults have to be entertained too. So humour is really important. What I do with my books, I put in lots of detail in the in the illustration. So there's quite a few layers. So you might not spot a little tiny little thing in the corner mm. until fourth or fifth reading, mm. and it's quite rewarding for parent and child. Yeah. Um, but the Grinch, yeah, I love the Grinch because it was funny, and I loved. Uh, you've had Oliver on here, mm. Oliver Jeffers, um, the incredible book-eating boy. I don't know if you've okay. got that one of his. Yeah, no, we haven't got that one. Is the most beautiful book I've ever read. I think wow. what he's done is he. I think he must have gone to like a second-hand bookshop and bought loads of vintage books, and he's painted all the illustrations onto the covers and pages of these books and photographed them. So oh, it's, wow. it's a really visually interesting yeah. um, approach, okay. and it made me just think when I was so I remember reading particularly those two stories to my middle daughter and thinking, I, "This is a really nice medium. This book is an actual work of art." Yeah. And at that point in my career, my magazine and newspaper career. Um, I, I had lovely, I had lovely jobs. I worked at the Observer. I worked at the Enemy. Brilliant magazines. Had such a fun time. But from a designer's, I was the art director, so responsible for de, you know designing the pages and the photography, that kind of thing. Um, I found that we would, after sort, of, I was I was at the Observer for nine or ten years, and you sort of hit the same marks in the year every year. Yeah, you guys yeah. all mm. know this, you know. So there's fashion weeks and there's you know Christmas gift yeah. guides, um, you know some of the f- summer festivals you know mm, yeah. we had a thing called the ethical awards at the observer that yep. you sort of do every year and and it was in itself every single layout i did was quite fun to do but i could sort of do it in my sleep by the end of it yeah so at the point when i was reading these books to kitty i need i subconsciously thought i need some kind of other creative output and reading these stories dr use oliver jeffers i thought this looks like a really nice medium to go in i think I might be able to. I, I certainly. I was illustrating while I was doing the magazine jobs. I was illustrating the whole time, so I was had my hand in with the illustration style. And I thought I can definitely do the the drawings. I'm, I don't know if I can do the writing. I'd done a bit of writing. I was on a magazine called Just Seventeen way back in the day, and we. God, I remember and a, Just Seventeen. Me and a friend used to do the letters page, not the problems page. No. The let, you know, yeah. can I have a poster of you know yeah, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio yeah. kind of thing? And we used to write funny replies, and I'd, so I've done a bit of writing yeah. along the along the way. And I thought I'm going to have a go. At, and we're going to have a go at writing a book. And um, my kitty had loads of sort of quirky sort of... She had, well, A, she had a couple of imaginary friends. And uh, B, she did she did crazy things. Like she got... We bought her a doll for Christmas one year. And I said to her, right, what are you going to name this doll? She said, oh, nothing. And I said, no, you've got to give, you've got to give the doll a name. She said, no, her name is nothing with a capital N. <laughs> and I thought, Ace. that's amazing. That's a yeah. brilliant idea for a kid. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. actually, that one's still in the pipeline. Yeah. Like, um, so I wrote. You might story. want to copyright that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah copyright yeah. Rob Biddulph, yeah. 2018. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I sort of wrote a story about that, and I sent it off to an agent. Got an agent straight away, which people have told me it's really hard to yep. get an agent. But I got one immediately. And but then I thought, right, I'm going to be published within six months. Mm-hmm. Sort of five or six years later, mm-hmm. getting very yeah. close. You know, I mean, every single, every I went to meet every publisher in London. Everyone liked my books, but for whatever reason yeah. couldn't quite get one over the line I mean it's I know it costs a lot of money to mm. publish a book and with an unknown author it's a big you know it's a bit of a pump isn't it mm. for when, them to take when but you're actually uh, in the process of actually making a children's book has always has always fascinated me because clearly in terms of what makes it engaging and lovely are the amazing illustrations you do however sure is it is it fair to say that the core message of the book so like Steve was talking about on Dog Out and there's a there's a real distinct, clear, lovely message to that. Is that the the fundamental starting point? Um, 
So it was in the case of Odd Dog Out, yes. Mm. Yeah, it was that I wanted, you know, my, my daughter, this lunchbox issue, blah, 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 and I wanted to sort of say, you know, mm. be yourself. That's mm. basically what I was saying. Particularly for, um, for as a father of three daughters, mm. you know, I think. And the lead character in Odd Dog Out is female. And I, and I was very, and that's a very deliberate move because there's not, no. That many female that's true, yeah. protagonists in yeah. children's no. literature. That's true. No. Nowhere near Alice as many. Alice in Wonderland is yeah. the standout. There's, there's isn't a few. She? There is yeah, definitely yeah, a few. Yeah. But the default setting is. Yeah, you're right. For, for example, my, my yeah. first book, Blown Away, is about a little penguin called Penguin Blue. And at no point in that book do I give a, a, assign a gender to yeah. this mm. character. Um, but every single person I've met calls the character he mm. or him. Mm. Do you know what? I find myself doing it. If I'm mm. doing my live events, I'll say him. But I deliberately didn't do that because I didn't. I wanted the book. I wanted every child to be able to identify yes. with this character on some level. So when it came to Odd Dog Out, I decided right, this is going to be a female lead. I'm not going to make a big deal of it. Mm. It's just I will say there will be she and her, and I don't make her look particularly female. No. Um, and and it's worked like a dream. No, nobody questions it. No, when I go mm. and do live events and meet kids, the boys are just as interested mm. in the character as yeah. the girls are. Then when you say that, why would anybody question it? Well, the, it's it's well, the fact that nobody is that default setting, isn't it? Some, some, you know, I've had conversations in the past where it's like girls will read stories about lead boy characters, but the other, the other way around mm. is quite rare. That's depressing. I that that's can't true. be. Like, be well, I don't think it is true anymore. Anyway. No. I think it maybe was true back in the day, but this odd dog out book is, I think, has proved. To me, at least, yeah. that, that you can you know you can have mm. female yeah. lead characters in the book. One, one thing occurs to me while we're, we're talking about these conversations that you have with children, and, and I'm not quite we're not at the stage yet with Jackson, but it's obvious. No one tells you how to deal with those lunchbox conversations, yeah. do they? Or the name your doll, nothing. Yeah. Your reaction, and they're looking at you. There's no like guidebook into no. that relationship discussion no. and you know we, we, we were talking to someone later today about how those um, relationships and uh, interactions shape the, the future how have you found people talk about you know I, I do a alright job as a parent you know I'll, do you ever look back on conversations and think I'm talking to you as a, as a dad here you think oh I could have handled that interaction slightly better because I've set the wrong or, or um, is it all I think I went into become so I had a sort of soft launch with mm. parenting if you like because my, <laughs> no, no, I met I met yeah. my uh, my stepdaughter when she was sort of about two years okay. old um, you know and that's when I started you know seeing her mum but it was a while before we actually moved in together and you mm. know I officially became kind of stepdad mm. but in lots of ways I did have a I had a soft as I said a soft launch mm. I was kind of like an uncle for a while I'd sort of turn up every now and then and just be fun yeah. fun uncle you know yeah. play with her and things um, but I was able to watch how Ali dealt with mm. her and Ali is a brilliant mum she's one of these kind of just natural mums and one of the main lessons I think I learned from her is that you don't not to talk down too much to your children you know yeah. treat them like you would any anybody else I mean la the language you use obviously has to yes. you have to kind of yes, change your language um, but just to talk to them like like an adult and so I think when I had my own my when, when we had Kitty when she was born um, I just kind of I just sort of was in the zone really with mm. that already and I uh, and I you know, there were certain things I decided I never wanted to do. I, I decided, right, I'm never going to, I'm never going to raise my voice. I'm never going to shout. Mm. You know, if I, if I have to, if they do something naughty and I do, you know, I want them to know that you, 
that shouldn't be done again. You yeah. might raise your voice slightly. But yeah. I remember, this isn't you anything. You become more stern. You become more stern. Mm. And I think if you're really shouting, which I remember being shouted at, you yeah, know, I was here. smacked as a... Yeah, kid, like, like, nothing, yeah, like nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing wrong. You know, well, you know, I don't blame my parents for yeah. that. I no, think exactly. Wrong with generational. Yeah. It's a generational, generational thing, isn't yeah. it? I was just smacked when I was naughty. That's just what mm. you did. But I thought there's an element to that which, which is all about losing control, isn't it? And I mm. think losing your temper, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot about losing control there. So I was very conscious, like, always, if they'd done something wrong and I just sort of, you know, kitty, you know, they knew that that... Yeah, the tone of voice rather than the yeah. volume of your voice. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I was very conscious of that. i tell you what really, really helped me in terms of... Because the, the other thing about writing a children's book that they don't tell you is, as soon as you get a book deal, about... I think it was about a week later, I went into HarperCollins, my publisher, and they said, right, you've got to go on the road. You need to develop an act. And like, I'm not joking. I would say and like about, a stand-up comedian. Yeah, I would say about three months after my first book was published, I was on stage at the fest- Royal Festival Hall in the, like a children's festival, like talking to, you know, hundreds of kids. I'm like, that's a different skill set, isn't I'm it? I'm not yeah. that guy. I'm the guy who sits in the end of his garden in the shed drawing penguins. You yeah, know, yeah, and not yeah. really. You know, yeah. but but you sort of have to do it as part of the yeah, game. You know? yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? I absolutely love it, and it's yeah. really really useful to go into schools and. I do all the festivals. I'm going on a tour of China in a couple of weeks' wow. time, which is great. But the most important thing is talking to kids yeah. and getting feedback from kids. And you, when you read your story, because your kids get older, yeah. as well, you need to keep your irons in the fire. Exactly. That's what Judith Kerr said yeah. to us that she doesn't anymore have oh, really yeah. any interaction with young children. No, and it's really important for a, for a, for a, a picture book author mm. like me to, to do that. I mean, yeah, when I was writing my first books, my kids were of an age that I could literally test these stories out on mm. them. But they're a bit older now. They're probably mm. a little bit past picture book age, although I think anyone can enjoy well, them. How but, do you um, find dealing with big groups of kids in terms of, and I, I suppose it's so it must be so different to, let's say you're sitting having dinner with your daughters and you're having a conversation there, and then being on stage in a massive auditorium and you've got 200 kids in front of you, yeah. what, what are the key differences in those interactions? Uh, well, i tell you a bit of really, something that really helped me before. When, when I first, when, when they said, right, you've got to go out on stage, I've done a lot of children's parties at my house. Right. You can imagine, yeah. three girls. We've That's had, what I had in my head, actually. We've had yeah, houses yeah. full of kids, yeah. you know, countless times, marshalling kids, blah, blah, blah. And I honestly, genuinely think that's helped me no end in talking to bigger groups of children mm. because... I'm just, I just try and be a little bit funny. Mm. I tell you what, I do straight away. I do a bit of drawing. We have, a, we either have a big, you know, whiteboard yeah, drawn, or you know, they have those visualizers where they film you and it's on the screen. And as soon as the kids see you can draw, it's like magic. They, they, they just, they're like this. They, oh, sorry, yeah. I just, I'm weird. So yeah. this is an oral, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was doing yeah. the bow yeah. down. Just basically yeah. made yeah. them look like God there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. they, but they do, they yeah. do, they absolutely. It's like they worship you because you can draw. Mm. So I'm always, <laughs> I draw straight away in my things. I get a bit of drawing done, and then just, they're sort of on side. And thereafter, mm. you just, I kind of. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just sort of, I just sort of have but a bit of a laugh with the kids, and sort of, and not too funny. And as mm. I say, don't talk down to them. But that's really, that's really interesting. It makes absolute sense. It sort of feeds back into what we generally talk about about fatherhood. Is that you become a better father? Well, in my opinion, by spending more time with your kids. Yeah. And therefore, the clo- the more time you spend with children, the more easy it's going to yeah. be to relate to them. Yes. Yeah. And it's the same. It's the same principle, isn't it? Yeah. The more you, the more you're around kids. Yeah. You know, there's this. Uh, historical idea of this weekend dad who doesn't really speak to his kids until they get to three years old and is you know yeah. and, that, and, that, and that's why potentially maybe there has some been some 
um, adults who have got strange relationships with their father because they would never really had the relationship when they were younger. No yeah. one quite knows yeah. how to speak to each other as yeah. an adult because you never knew how to speak to each other no. when you that's, when you were a child. That's totally true. It's very, I think it's so, very true. Yeah. So um, it, it sounds like that. That's you know. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and children's books and reading yes. to reading to your son daughter yeah. is a great way I think to interact with oh. them and share a moment I mean Rich was talking earlier this morning we were just talking about you coming in and, and, and Rich was saying how obsessed his um, his little boy is with the tiger who came to tea yeah, book having been introduced to it and you share a moment with yeah. you know yeah. And, yeah. and you know reading Odd Dog Out Jackson and I share a moment when you get to the last page where there's all of the dogs yeah. you know dressed in tutus yeah, and like yeah. there's a hot dog and there's like one as a crocodile and 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 Jackson's like looking and every time he looks at that page he, fi- he finds a different reasons. dog mm, yeah um, and it, I think kids are like dogs so you then <laughs> yeah you, in many ways you, you know, <laughs> yeah. no, but no yeah. they're like dogs not all like dogs oh, I see. oh sorry, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I thought oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought we were just agreeing yeah, yeah. 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 exactly. like comparison yeah. Yeah. them on the head yeah. 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 so having spent time with an illustrated dog you then want I then want if we see a dog out we want to get up close to the dog and 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 share that and, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and, and I, I have that sort of experience with Ben every night because basically if Ben's with his mum and he's getting a cuddle from his mum there are very few times where he wants to so yeah, he's looking to come to dad up. you know that's just the nature of, of these mm. things and when he's with me of course he's absolutely fine but if it, the, the, the only time he will literally reach out for me from his mum's arms almost is at bedtime because he knows and we have exactly and you know largely because of the advice we've had from some experts on here you know we are so strict with the bedtime routines we always try and do the same thing every night and so he'll get feed from his mum and then she'll bring him into the nursery and I'm already sat in the chair by the cot with the books next to me and he knows and it's literally (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's literally the only time where he knows because you know and I'll say do you want to have a story with daddy or do you want to have a book with daddy and suddenly the arms come out and and his face lights up because he's like oh great it's book time and it is the best part of the day it's amazing it's brilliant because it's the only and that's the power of of the books because he knows and and you know the fact that even though he's only just turned one I know there are certain books he likes and certain books he won't take a second glance at And we know that, and we have that together, and we kind of okay, we'll do the time. For me, the bedtime, the bedtime story, <laughs> two things really. That a, it's so important for the pe- for the parents and the child that one on one time yeah, totally. with either one or other parent. Mm. I mean, especially when you've got, I mean, when you've got more than one child, like mm. like I have. Usually, it's a group kind of, it's an ensemble affair. It's like we're all sitting around the dinner table, and you know, blah blah blah. Mm. Everyone's trying to make their voice heard. But we've always, I mean, our bedtime routine is bit crazy because um so with each child so what we do we go we go up to bed teeth bath you know pajamas all that kind of stuff then in the bed literally in the bed with one of them reading the book read a story picture book whatever it is the moment we are reading you know chapter books all sorts i read yeah as i said i read to ella until she was this is a bit bizarre but until she's 14 or 15 mm. you know we'd read i'd sit there in her room with her and read mm. you know to kill a mockingbird or something like yeah, that okay. and it's a lovely thing to do yeah. but um then what we do we have songs in our house so you know I first for Ella I think I maybe sung two songs maybe you know like I know uh, go go to sleep my baby and you know yeah. whatever with 
now it's got, gradually got more and more songs. So every night with Poppy, I have to sing six songs six. to her. Six? Including, Whoa. you know, the entire Hushabye Mountain, all three verses of it, you know, from Chitty <laughs> It's a bit crazy. So I'm upstairs for How about are you an, up there? Tw- an hour and 20 minutes. At least downstairs. downstairs. Watching, you know, whatever it is she's watching. But, yeah. um... Yeah, we so we have, but but the the key thing is, it's a root. You're you're exactly right. Mm. It's a routine, mm. and it gives the child a bit of stability. Mm. But the other thing about the bed the bedtime story is, I honestly think it's the real key to their literacy levels when they yeah. grow up. And I've learned more about this since I've become an author. But we've always read to our kids from mm. you know the day dot, you know, like as you do, you know, when they were one year old, even if they don't really understand yeah, it, yeah, you're yeah. sort of reading the, Good Night Moon, fluff, or whatever it is, or the books that are just yeah, like touch yeah. the fluffy exactly, chick, or exactly, you know. yeah, exactly. But, you know, all of my kids have got reading ages well advanced of their ages. And all the way through school, they've been, like, top of the class in the reading thing. And, I, and I'm sure that's just because we read to them yeah. so much. Mm. And they're bookworms, you know. Poppy at the moment is, you know, eight years old and she's reading all the Mallory Towers books. And she literally we cannot get the book. She gets home from school. She sits there with a the book in her hand. And it's lovely to not, you know, don't get me wrong. She's She likes a bit of Minecraft as well. We have to keep, keep a big <laughs> eye on the screen time yes. with her. She would just keep going for as long as we let her. But the fact that she's away from a screen and reading a book mm. is so lovely for a parent to Do see. You know, I'm reminded of a convers- part of a conversation we had with Judith Card, the author of Tiger Who Came to Tea. And Judith is in her, in her 90s, and she, uh, yeah. I know you know Judith, yeah. and she, she was wonderful with us, she was lovely. But we asked her about this idea of screens mm. and about how, you know, the, the, the problems we now have with kids being in front of a screen too often and all these things. And she made a, a really Perceived great problem. point. Yeah. Perceived problem. And she made this really great point. She said, well, don't, she remembers when she was young that people, kids would get told off for having their nose in a book. And he's always, always, got, his nose he's always got a nose in his, in his book. That was, you know, like yeah. in, in her youth, that was a criticism. That was a, oh, he's always got his nose in a book. I.e., you know, you're, you're, not you're, sat, you're, yeah. not, you're not looking at the world, you're not out playing, you're, you're not out doing, you're, you're not running around. around. Yeah. Climbing trees. Yeah. But the kids um, these days so, aren't allowed to go outside. Well, oh, yeah, quite. But her point, rather than just being, I guess maybe we assumed that she would have a problem with all these screens, but this was her point, was that actually, well, you know, it's almost a matter of time, isn't it? And actually, it may well be in 40 years' time when we were all grandparents, you're not going to be sitting there bemoaning the existence of tablets because something else would have... Something interesting with tablets, though, is that they try to, you know, they did when the iPad first came out, you know, they tried to sort of port all picture books over onto the iPad. Yes. And there was lots of apps and you could buy them, blah, blah, blah. And the idea was, you know, you don't have to have, you know, acres of your house taken up with bookshelves Mm -hmm. and all that sort of nonsense. And, um, but it just hasn't worked. No, it, it just, just takes worked. the joy out of it. Doesn't just it? Don't, I mean, they literally, I think, have stopped yeah. stopped doing it. Well, you're, you worked in magazines, and so did I. Yeah. And you know, I, I, yeah. I'm sure we must have crossed over at some yeah, point because yeah. I worked in magazines at that, at that time oh, where you? where there was the yeah. oh, well, let's get everything on the iPad. Yes. And you know, the magazine editions yeah. all going on there, just flopped. Didn't work. At all, Died yeah. because people didn't want that. What they yeah. wanted was a magazine in their hands they could yeah. flick through. Yeah. And the same principle applies with with children's books. Yeah. You're not going to sit. I can't imagine sitting in that chair we have in our nursery with Ben on my lap and f- scrolling through an iPad. Totally it would not work. It would not be the same thing. About the turning of the page. Yeah. And, the and actually, do you know, the best part is that from a very young age, this was me deciding that our son's a genius, you know, because from a yeah. very young age, you know, I taught him how to turn the page. And so I'd sort of flick the page and he'd know and he'd grab it. And grab it. Yeah. He's a genius. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and, and also, children's books today are lovely objects yes. you know we've got oh. your new one in front of us yeah, it looks, these it's, lovely. It, it's a nice object to yeah, hold um, at the moment Jackson and I are working our way through Winnie the Pooh oh yeah he's he's a bit young for it but he lies down in his cot 
and listens to it and then come bedtime he's like daddy poo yeah. daddy and he like so who's who's um poo gonna see he's like piglet and eeyore um or he calls eeyore, he calls eeyore horse because he's i've not quite made the distinction <laughs> yeah, yeah, between yeah. the two but uh, it, it's nice yeah. and then i said well, who else lives in the forest and he tries to say christopher robin but comes out like obin um oh. and it's it's i enjoy it because it's some sort of nostalgic string that's being tugged yes. in me mm. because uh, I remember Winnie yeah. the Pooh from when yeah. I was but my wife has never read Winnie the Pooh oh, really? so she is getting totally Winnie the Pooh experience. like Jackson's getting it yeah. for the first time that's uh, uh, and she comes down after reading she's like you, you know Pooh, <laughs> Piglet was so upset um, about something that he considered running away to become a sailor <laughs> you know and it's like you, you <laughs> never guess what's happening wow you know, it's like uh, oh yeah well yeah. but uh, you know that, that process of sitting whether they're on your shoulder or, yeah. or you know by your shoulder or yeah. your lap yeah. or in the cot yeah. and just g- take slowing life slowing down slowing life down getting them ready for sleep yeah one on one time it's mm. precious it's a precious precious time I think that is the thing that I will miss more than anything when they've sort of grown up and mm. left home you know that's why we sort of read to the others mm. when they were you know I still read to Kitty you know now yeah and uh, I think that's really nice that you do that because there's no I'd never really stopped to consider that but there's no reason that you know reading has to be a baby activity like you said if you're sitting there reading to kill a mockingbird well yeah. if it's something she's going to be reading at school yeah. you know so if you're sat in the bed next to her that's yeah, not yeah. That's not odd, that's not yeah. odd to me. That that actually seems like a really nice. Yeah, idea. Yeah. Why can't it just yeah. graduate? It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're not going to be reading picture books to a teenager. No. No, no, no. But if the books are advancing along with her, yeah. why does the process? Why does that nice yeah, little yeah, process yeah. have to change? Yeah. Uh, and also, what we, what we, I guess we all know is that kids understand a lot more than generally we oh, give yeah. them credit for. Yeah, yes. So they can handle material probably yeah. that's a bit further on Definitely than can. you think. Definitely can. Because uh, occasionally, I will. I will if um, Ali usually Ali and I will take one child each and do the stories but if she's out for the night mm. I will do put them both together and we usually read books that are slightly too slightly more Kitty's age mm. who's the middle one so slightly old, too old for Poppy but mm. she 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 really enjoys it she really enjoys it she takes it all in and mm. I'll ask her questions about it and she sort of mm. she does, she does mm. get it so you're mm. right yeah we shouldn't we shouldn't um, we should I, give them yeah your books feature animals yeah. and the next Generation for Jackson is going to be, I guess, Winnie the Pooh mm-hmm. and Winnie the Willows, which yeah. feature these the, the oh, animals too. The willows, yeah, and then it, it, you know, and then that encourages, I think, them to get into the natural world. And yeah. when they see animals like an otter or whatever, there's some kind of some kind of recognition recognition going on there. Well, I think that in you know you've got to got to remember that picture books are actually the introduction that these children will have to the world of books, to the world of mm. reading, but not only that, to the world of science, to the world mm. of just you know, in fact, the world of ideas. Mm. I think you know a lot of like you were saying earlier about my book Odd Dog Out. It sort of um it has that sort of story arc. That sort. I mean, it's quite. I don't like to be too kind of overtly kind of preachy in my book, no. but I do like there to be discussion points with mum yeah. or dad yeah. kind of afterwards. And um, I think those things that they learn from the books, as well as, as you say, the sort of animal facts and little bits and pieces, but any ideas that these books can kind of initiate will stay with them mm. for the rest of their lives. I mean, that we've all sounds... talked about we've all talked about the books that we remember yeah, reading of course. as children, and, mm. you, and you really do. You know, the ones that you read when you were four or five years old really stay with mm. you much more than the books that you read when you were you know, probably in your thirties, you know, whatever, you're trying to get through some weathering heights. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't forget that. Um, I am. 
that, the thing that strikes me is that that sounds like an enormous amount of responsibility. But if you're but actually the way you're phrasing it there, and the way what Steve was saying about you know introducing children to nature and all these things, is that while it's obviously a very joyous thing to write a book that loads of you know fun, thousands and thousands of kids are enjoying. It does seem to be like quite a heavy responsibility it's there. Funny, it's yeah. you, ha- you had you've had Oliver. In, yeah, yeah. I I um. We tried my... to explain the entire world in his yeah he's like, yeah he's not he's just he's, he's just gone for the entire <laughs> universe. Yeah, yeah. Business. But um, I did an event with him, one of my first events because we share a publisher at HarperCollins. This is Oliver Jeffers. Oliver Jeffers. Say, okay, sorry, so following yeah. And uh, and I one of my very first events was uh, like a panel event with Oliver and another author illustrator called David McIntosh, and it was just I think it was with booksellers I think so it was an adult audience. And he told a little story there. He'd just done the video for a video for U2. I can't remember the song, but he sort of art directed the video. And I think he'd done all the tour graphics and everything like that. And he said he was doing the shoot for that and the band came down and he met the guys and everything. And uh, Bono sort of said to him, I'm not going to attempt the accent. But Bono said to him, so what is it you do? Obviously, you know, lots of people around. And he said, oh, I, uh, you know, I write, I write and illustrate picture books for children. And the first thing Bono said was, that's a hell of a responsibility that you've got. And I was like, what do you mean? And then Bono said, well, you know, you're doing blah, blah, blah. blah. You know, you're the first point of contact with the world of liter- literature and art. And, and Oliver sort of went, wait, I was like, oh my God. I've written so like... I've, I've just done a Bono. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, but what a lovely thing. I mean, when well, I when I a go, nice responsibility. It's a lovely responsibility. And the reaction that I... Honestly, I go to all sorts of different schools, actually. I do a couple of tours a year when the books come out. And I go to lovely private schools, beautiful grounds, you know, nine kids in each class. You know, fantastic. These kids, you know, you put your hand up and say, who has a bedtime story? Everyone has a bedtime story. Mm. They've all got, mummy and dad have all bought copies of the books for you to sign. Yeah. But then you go to, I, my publisher are brilliant at this. You sort of, we do lots and lots of different schools. We yeah. try and speak to as many yeah. kids as we can. And you go into the schools that are kind of, you know the the sort of the, un, the sort of in the sort of slightly more kind of upcoming areas and yeah. so, socially deprived areas challenging challenging conditions. conditions the kids a the kids are all exactly the same mm-hmm. lovely really responsive but it breaks my heart when you say how many of you have a bedtime story and you know two hands go up and you you sort of you sort of delve a bit further and they haven't these some of these kids have not even got a single book in their house yeah. their parents are much younger mm. maybe and they've got the iPad and blah 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 and I just think oh that's such a mm. such a tragedy but it's always those kids who respond the sort of the best to me and they're the ones who at the end they come up and they you know grab your leg they don't want to let yeah. go they tell you they love you you know they really kind oh, of God, they really you know yeah. it's really heartbreaking yeah. and it just you know so it is a responsibility but it's lovely to be able to yeah. sort of yeah and we kind of some we've spoken about this in the past at some sort of the podcast we kind of uh, we don't, don't lose sight of that that we are just a particular type of yeah, Dad, yeah, yeah, we are talking about a particular yeah. experience. Yes. That's not to say that um, people that are listening are, uh, are are not exactly the same as us. No. But you know, we, it, it, I guess, as the kids get older, you know, we'll we'll experience a bit more yeah. of that, won't we? Yeah, I mean, we're absolutely. both journalists, so we kind of we're both, we're, yeah, all yeah. three of us work in the yeah. media. You know, yeah. in London, you know, we're in a very yeah. kind of privileged middle class kind of position. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. the metropolitan elite. The metropolitan elite. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah. I mean, I because I, you know, I found since I've been going out that not everybody is, yeah, like like yeah, us. But and there's certain things you can sort of do to help help. It. Not that you know, I don't mean to patronise these yeah. people and say you need to be mm. more like us, but. Like but in terms of something like reading and well, children's then, books, yeah. you want to yeah. you want to be in a position to well, to promote those, don't yes. you, as much yeah, as, yeah. as much as possible? Because I don't think I I I would have 
I think he'd struggle to find anyone who would dispute the benefits and the positivity behind children reading lots of books. No, exactly. I can't exactly. imagine is any is there going to be? Oh, mind you. Well, I was about to say something political there, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you would you would like to think there would not be a person in Britain who would access. say, "Oh, yeah, they don't. Well, I should. I don't want my children reading books." Mm. It's access, but it's access, books, isn't it? It's, it's people like, having you know, the opportunity. Kids have book bags, awareness. don't they? Generally, at school, so yeah. Get the book bags. And the, there's you know, there's recent years about libraries closing down and, and, and that kind of stuff, and, uh, and which is, yeah, you know, we can go buy our books. Yeah, not but not can. everyone can go and buy them. Libraries are just there. I mean, they're in many places that I visit, they're the, they're the hub of the community. You know, everyone descends on these places. Mm. You know, mums, kids, everybody descends. Mm. And there's somewhere where you can go and you can have access to this amazing mm. resource. We have fo- when we where we live in South London, we have phone boxes, red phone boxes, oh, which yeah, are filled yeah. with books. Yeah, so people idea, just yeah. come Brilliant and take idea. them and put them back amazing. when they finish with them. There's like adult ones and and kids ones. Yeah, um, it's a nice idea. Yeah. Um, Rob, we are we are coming towards the end of our time here, yep. but I suppose. I suppose my last question, I don't know, Steve may have one as well. I guess my last question would be, from your experience of, you communicate directly with so many kids, what would be the one golden rule or the the biggest lesson you've learned in terms of, you know, for any young fathers or any young parents out there, in terms of what you should and shouldn't do when trying to communicate some sort of important message to your children? Um, well, as I said earlier, I don't think I don't. I think you should talk to your kids as an equal. I mm. think that's really, really important. Mm. And listen. I mean, I know we're fathers, and I know we're imparting our vast knowledge <laughs> into these small little sponge-like brains. Mm-hmm. But your children have an opinion, no matter how young they are, and the conversation should always be two two way. And you know what? When my when my daughters come home from school, particularly my youngest, you know, I'll say, "How was your day?" And quite often, she will talk for ten minutes straight about tiny little incidental things that have happened to her school but they're huge things in her world so I think it's really important to treat them with respect and to listen to everything they say and not talk down to them and um, you know just be just be there for them it's easy to belittle a child be involved it's easy to belittle a child inadvertently I don't think anybody would I don't think anybody would deliberately belittle their their children but I think it's really easy to do inadvertently yeah, 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 by of kind of dis- almost being a little bit dismissive of these little trivial trivialities of life yeah. but as you say that for a child of a certain age yeah, that is yeah. their life that's, that is that's their, their life. day that's their world their world is quite small yeah. you are a big you know you're a big part part of their world mm. yeah. I mean yeah it's um it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a funny thing. Well, my daughter, my do you know about these post-it notes? It was going to, I was going to say oh, before yes. we go. Oh, yes, yes, yes. If for those of oh, you who don't, about the it, it, you, Rob, uh, well, you tell the story, Rob, because it's, it's your <laughs> it's story. story. God, I was going to say just to illustrate the sort of the, the role that a parent plays in their child's yeah. life. So basically, my daughter, my youngest daughter, what they do at school, you guys aren't quite there yet, but you will be, you know, in a couple of years' time. What they do, they sort of ease you into the school day. So when you first start at primary school in reception, you'll do like a week of like nine till 11 and then, then baby, then child will come home for lunch and stay home for the rest of the day. Then you have a week where they stay at school for lunch and then you have the full day afterwards. Now, when Poppy was, um, was of, of the age where she was just about to stay at school for lunch, she was really nervous about it. So our childminder had this idea that I should draw a little character on a post-it note that we would put in her lunchbox for her so when she opens lunchbox there it is you know the, you know part of daddy is there yeah, with her you know yeah. it's fine comforting lovely thing. idea brilliant yeah. nice idea did it for none day one she got home she said i love the love the drawing what what, what are you going to do tomorrow 
Now that was nearly five years ago, and I've done, I think I've done over 800 of these post-it notes. And, the, and it's, you know what, I loved, I do like, I do like doing it. Sometimes I don't like doing it when yeah. I've forgotten to do it. And yeah, yeah. You've got, like, oh my God, you've got five go. minutes yeah, to bash yeah, something out yeah. quickly. Yeah. But, but these things, it's now become a bit crazy because they started out, you know, I'd do a mis, you know, Mr. Mr. Strong or something, it'd take me two seconds. Um, but as more and more people, you know, I sort of feel this responsibility because, A, first of all, all the sort of the, you know, the lunchtime assistants at school would sort of come up to me and say, oh, we really like that drawing. And I was like, oh, my God, more people are seeing this. I need to up my game a bit. <laughs> all, of, all of Poppy's friends started mm-hmm. seeing it. And then um, a couple of years ago, my publisher thought, oh, yeah, this is really this is really a fun thing to do. You know, we'll, you know, send it out to various media outlets. And BuzzFeed got a hold of it. Mm-hmm. And this thing went viral. I mean, I was rung up by ABC News in America. I was on the news. You know, it was like crazy kind yeah, of like, you know, the, the last story of the yeah. news bulletin. Yeah, yeah. And finally, yeah, and finally London, London, look, at this, look what this idiot's doing. <laughs> uh, but now, you know, so I do, and now I'm now thinking, I don't know what to draw every day. So, you know, I've gone through various themes. And recently, I thought, in my wisdom, I thought... It's like oh, the Google Doodle that you're doing every day, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, I did I thought I'll do the great artist theme so I sort of would find myself I'd say to Ali you know I can't I can't sit here and watch you know Peaky Blinders with you because I've got to go and draw a Picasso on a you know three by three (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy but the good thing about it is well it's good to draw every day if you're an illustrator anyway it's like a muscle it's like anything it's a muscle you have to exercise but what's really nice is, I mean, Poppy sometimes comes home from school and I'll say to her, did you like, you know, every day I'll say, did you like your post-it today? She's like, yeah, what, what was it? What was it again? I'm like, are you kidding me? I spent, you know. <laughs> but, um, but we've got a load, we did an exhibition in yeah. London, we've got loads of them framed up and everything now. And I've sort of got this record of her school life every single day she's ever been to school. I've done one of these yeah. things for her. You know, when I'm away on tour, I do them in advance, you know. And it's... It's quite a nice thing actually yeah. to document yeah, it's lovely. her her life. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I've got so many of them. It's absolutely How long will you go for? Do you think? Well, I've told her every I, every summer. I try and persuade her to switch to school dinners. <laughs> she won't have it. Uh, but I, so now we told her like you know primary school. I'll do your entire primary school. So that's another two and a half years. So if anyone's got any ideas what I can draw tomorrow, yeah. you've committed you yourself to another two and a half years of essential. <laughs> I, I, I figure, I figure, I figure I've sort of gone this far. I might as well see yeah, it out at least yeah, primary school. political figures. But, um, but, I, but it's nice, you know. I always, I think for her, it means you know, there's a bit of daddy with her at school yeah. every day, and actually for for daddy, that's for me, that's quite a well, nice feeling. And, and also, and I guess this could, sort of brings us to our, our close. Is it's it's. it's a reminder to her that you are present yes. in her life yes. uh, and you're spending time even when you're not with her on yeah. her thinking you know, about her thinking about way, her yeah. and I guess that breeds security yeah as for a yeah. child yeah. doesn't it yeah you know that's that's the that's and that's what we're all aiming we're for all yeah. do, isn't it? to make our kids yeah. as secure and comfortable and confident and that's happy true. As, in, as, as yeah. it's possible to be. Counterpoint to that is that all of, all three of my kids have had a real issue with growing up. <laughs> so we think it's because we've given them some, this really sort of nice kind of cocoon. They all sort, they all kind of they don't like, want the world. You know, we've had you know the last thing at night. I don't want to grow up. I want to stay. This oh, age. Peter Pan. Peter Pan syndrome. Oh, so you make it too nice for them. So yeah, mean. maybe I need to have toughen a them up. Toughen them up. Put them in the world. Yeah. Right. Get them up a chimney. Yeah. Yes. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. New book, Dinosaur Juniors, is Happy Hatch Day. out shortly. It's out. It's out on April the fifth. Yes, yeah, so right. We'll April very 5th. soon. Very Rob Biddle, yeah, you look out for it. It looks lovely. We'll put a link to it on the uh, website. Yeah. Um, 
And as always, if you've liked what you've heard, please do subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And if there's anything you want to share, please email us at firsttimedads at trinitymirror.com. Lovely. Right, that's it. Um, We'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.